Okay, so who officially feels really busy and overwhelmed and crazy going into December? Anybody? Okay, that's going to hit you this week, I'm sure, if it hasn't yet. You know, maybe you're still in that turkey comatose state, I don't know, but... You know, December kind of has that effect on people where they just go like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. You know, if you decorate, if you do the lights, if you're doing your shopping list, is you're just kind of running around, you just sense like people are, maybe there's some fun and some joy there, but there's a lot of panic. And I thought, you know, it'd be a great time as we look at this whole season to say, Lord, how do I frame this season? How do I frame what's going to happen in this next month in a way that would honor God? Because a lot of people do a lot of things in this world that don't honor God, and they'll be incredibly overwhelmed and incredibly busy. A lot of people hang lights. A lot of people decorate. But what is God calling us to do as his people at a time like this, at a time in our country where there's division, there's not a lot of love, there's a lot of everything but love? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? What can we do to take advantage of the opportunities that God will give us this December? So I'm talking about like when you leave here and you enter this week and you kind of live through each day leading up to Christmas and then well beyond. But that's our focus for this morning is having a greater vision. What does it mean to actually be someone that could be refreshed in the Lord with a greater vision and then go out and refresh others? That's what this morning is all about. And it's kind of a counterintuitive kind of thing. It's a truth that initially as we hear it makes us feel like we lose in some way to refresh others. That if we actually went out with a vision and with a commitment and a dedication to refresh others that, well, but what about me? (laughs) Like, I need that refreshing. So this morning is all about helping each one of us, reminding each one of us that as we refresh others, we get refreshed in the Lord. Because his Holy Spirit is all about giving. And it's all about filling in order to give. So we're going to look at just a couple passages. And here's the statement I hope you just lock and you take with you. And maybe write this down and think about this all week. Serve the Lord aboundingly by refreshing others joyfully. Serve the Lord aboundingly. That's not a real word. Okay, that's why it's in quotes, right? Go to that first slide. Okay, serve the Lord aboundingly. It's not really a word. I just kind of threw that in there because you'll see it's, it's abounding in the verse. But what does it mean to do something aboundingly? Well, it's going to be all about saying, Lord, because you are who you are in my life and you're a great king and a great savior, I'm going to use my relationship with you and the feeling that I get from you and the love that I get from you to be a refresher of people. Because I know one thing for sure, even in this last week, I've run into people that are just broken. People that just, boy, maybe on the outside, they're just in a hurry. They may be dressed really nice but they're broken at a heart level. They have a relationship that's not right. They have a wound, something they're carrying. They're not looking forward to the holidays because of what goes on with family. There are arguments that have not been settled for years. There's difficulty at work. There's a physical issue. There's something going on. And I think we'd all admit if we would slow down and take the margins in life that God gives us, we're going to find people that aren't necessarily caught up in the incredible love of God right now. They're caught up in their pain, but we can bring the love of God to them. So this first point is about serving the Lord aboundingly. What does that really look like here? A couple of verses, one in Romans 12 and then in 1 Corinthians. Romans 12, 11 says, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. There are a lot of things we do in life that we get excited about. I mean, passionate about. Some people are passionate about their football team, okay? Let's be honest, okay? They're passionate about their hobby. They may be passionate about making money. 
They might be passionate about the new car or getting PS4 or getting something new on their phone or getting a new phone. You know, we, we tend to be passionate people. We want to pour our heart and energy into things, right? Or maybe into people. But the greatest passion that we should have is serving the Lord. And so often we think, well, that's an archaic phrase, you know, serve the Lord. What are you doing to serve the Lord? Well, it actually should mark us as something at a heart level that makes us look like a light in a dark world. That we're actually supposed to be shining bright in a world many people of whom around us don't know Christ. They don't have the light of Christ and his love in their life. So serving the Lord is something that we need to be pumped about. Like more pumped about that than anything else in our life. Now that seems like a tall order. To be fervent in spirit, to serve the Lord, to not be slothful in zeal. And look at this other verse. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So to be always abounding, to serve the Lord aboundingly, really starts to give you a reputation that you love God. Is that true of you right now? Would you say people, when they think of you, they... They think of the way you work, they think of your family, they think of your hobby, they think of your motorcycle, they think of you loving this or loving that, or do they think of this person just serves the Lord. Their love, their greatest love in life is to show God their incredible gratitude for what he did as their Savior, their Lord, their King, by a fervent desire to make him known among other people, to go out and refresh others. That's where I came up with the word aboundingly. Does it... Does it abound from your life? Does it overflow from your life? Do people, like everyone that knows us should know that we're just more excited about God than stuff. We're more excited about people than the rays. We're really more excited about showing the love of Christ than, you know, getting a promotion, getting the next thing, relaxing for ourselves, catching the movie, going on the vacation, all good things. But can we say in an abounding way, we're known for our service of the Lord And what I mean by that and how we're going to describe it this morning is by refreshing others. Are you known as a refresher of people? We tend to fall into uh, the way the society and the world tells us to be and to live. To be consumeristic. To even think about your Christianity or your walk with God or this church in a consumeristic way, you know. How's it working for me? How's it working for, you know, did, was the service cool enough? Was the music the kind I like, you know, particularly? Oh, I didn't recognize one of those songs, or I, you know. We tend to just come and, how is it making me feel right now? And I, am I getting kind of a, an emotional buzz from this? Am I feeling good about it? Is, is everything right? You know, geez, they didn't have a chocolate donut today. Hello, donut people. <laughs> but it's funny. We don't even realize we get caught up in it. Can you admit that? I can admit that. I get caught up and you just feel like, well, wait a minute. It's not a drive through It's not, wait a minute, where are the onions? I asked for onions. Remember we had that discussion when I was staring at the screen and you said no onions and I said no onions. No, onions, not no onions. No, I'd like onions. I mean, I'm not kidding. We, we treat God like that. We treat other people. We, we move through life thinking it's about what I'm receiving from all these people, either that I'm paying to serve me or should understand what I need to feel good about me. When Christ comes and he starts reigning in your life, he tells you you are awesome, you are forgiving, you are a child of God that will never change. That will never leave you or forsake you, that he has a, a Bible full of promises to build and establish and bring grace into your life. Everything changes when you know Christ. He actually changes a heart that's self-focused and inward, and all of a sudden, that's 
centrifugal this way, right? Is that right? What turns inward? Is that centripetal? And it becomes centrifugal where the love of God actually spins you out to other people. There's so much energy in God's love when we think about what he's done for us and we meditate on his promises and we come together like this, not to consume from one another, but to relate to one another, fellowship, to hear the word, to worship him, to give our offering. All of that in great passion for God. And then we start getting this idea that I've got more of this than I can contain. Like God is so good. That's how you should feel. I have more of this than I can actually contain in my heart. I'm looking for someone to tell how much God has done for me. I can't wait to find someone who really doesn't know who God is. Because, man, what if they did know who he is and they came to him? That's the kind of service. That's the kind of passion. That's the kind of abounding that the Lord wants us to be about. Not thinking of self. Serving the Lord, not from the bottom of the list with leftover time. Let me ask you if you think you're going to have any leftover time this season. Does anyone think that they're just going <laughs> to have lots of extra time at the end of a day? Because all the decorating, all the stuff of Christmas, all the good gifts you're going to buy from people, and it's showing love. That's all great. But then you have to pile work on top of that. You pile, like, sports on top. And then you, you pile, like, the rest of your life on top of that. You're not going to have just leftover time. You're going to actually have to create and carve out time to serve the Lord aboundingly by refreshing others. That is a challenge, I guarantee you will have to take on every day and talk to the Lord about. Because what's automatic is the pattern that you're currently in, which typically is, I got this, I got work, I got phone calls, I got emails, I got projects, I got a kid, I got a wife, I got multiple kids, I, I got lots of stuff going, I got hurts, I got my own stuff. And, you just, and unless you say, Lord, today is your day, the first thing needs to be first, and that's you. It's you first, Jesus. It's your kingdom first. I'm supposed to seek your kingdom first today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I'm supposed to look at today. Lord, help me seek your kingdom first today. You today, first. What do you want me to do as I'm at work? Who do you want me to refresh as I'm walking to the mailbox? Who do I need to touch in the name of the Lord as I'm walking my dog, as I'm on a bike trail, as I'm getting together with so-and-so? Who is it, Lord? How is it, Lord? What an adventure your day is going to be. That'll change your day from, I hope I get this done. I hope that, man, I hope they aren't mad at me. I hope they like my paper. I hope I get to do this at school. I hope, I hope, I hope. Say, Lord, I hope I keep you first today. I hope I serve you in the way that the king, my savior, my best friend, my shepherd, my God deserves, which is wholeheartedly, passionately, enthusiastically. You know, you see these other words, we're not supposed to be slothful in zeal. <laughs> You know what a sloth looks like? Can you picture it? If you can, I'm going to help you out, right? Okay, that's about how fast they move. For some of us, did I miss something? What? That was too fast. Yeah, it's almost like slow-mo, right? That's somehow, sometimes how we serve the Lord. It's that slow. Like, we just aren't energetic. We can't think that God would actually use a simple act of kindness to someone in our life. Like, someone in your home, a simple act of kindness that you usually don't do, you do it in the name of the Lord. All of a sudden, you're like, hey, who cleaned up the kitchen? Like, who, came, who cleaned up the kitchen? They walk around looking for the suspect that cleaned up the kitchen. Why not, right? You go, well, well, because I was busy and well, I cleaned up last time. And, and someone else, well, you don't think I'm, not, I'm tired? Who cleaned up the kitchen? Who picked up the whatever? Hey, thanks for, 
You know, you think simple act of kindness, those little cups of cold water we're supposed to give out in the name of the Lord. Those little cups of cold water add up. That's the refreshment that we get from God that he says we can give to others. And we can be excited about it. And we can say, you know, I want to think of ways to do this creatively this month. I was reading part of this book called, uh, if I remember the name of it now, uh, I think it's called The Broken Way by Ann Voskamp. She's a very interesting writer, if you've never, uh, author, if you've never read her stuff. But she, she had this one day with all of her kids, and she has like multiple kids. They're just going around blessing people. They had like $5 bills or whatever, and they're just dropping them all over the place. They, they had all these creative things they did everywhere they went, to the doctor's office, to the baker, to the wherever. Everyone in town, everywhere they went, they just thought, today is about blessing. And the kids got involved, and I'm like, okay, that's so simple. I was, I was almost like embarrassed thinking, She's doing this with kids. I should be able to do this. I can think creatively like that. And I'm going, going over to my mother-in-law's house and, you know, pass through the gate and all this. And I'm like, ah, geez, I should have. I said something nice. I'm like, man, he's sitting there. He says, whole Thanksgiving from 1 to 9 o'clock sitting in a booth, the guard gate. On the way out, the Lord reminded me, like, bless him with something. Give him a gift, you know. Give him, give him some cash. Do something, you know. And so... Don't get too proud of me because I totally forgot and didn't think of it on the way in. It was just by the grace of God on the way out. But take the little opportunities that you have. Bless somebody. Refresh them. To refresh means actually to help them rest. To help them rest from the labors they normally carry. From, to help them rest from the burden they normally carry, thinking about life and that broken relationship and they don't have a family to go to this Christmas or it's just going to be dysfunctional and chaotic or they're in debt right now or their marriage is falling apart or they just got a bad report from the doctor, whatever it is. Help them to get out from under that burden for a minute. Show them the love of Christ. We can do that, can't we? All it takes is making a decision you're going to be more excited about showing Jesus off than showing yourself off or, sh or doing something else with more passion or excitement. Abounding in the work of the Lord, not being like a sloth, not being lazy, half asleep, eagerly, dedicated, without measure. Aboundingly means above being able to measure. We shouldn't be able to measure it. It should just kind of keep coming naturally. The Holy Spirit will keep pointing people out to you. If you're not too busy thinking about getting ahead for you, your list, your gifts, your work, your kid, like, that's all good, but do you realize that the Lord wants you to sprinkle in love and cups of cold water and kindness and showing up at someone's house to help put up their lights so they don't fall off the top of the ladder? Like, those things really matter to people. I was at a memorial a week ago and at a wedding last night, and in both settings, I found hurting people. A lot of celebration, a lot of sadness, a lot of just normal life stuff, but if you take the time, you find out, man, people are just like me. They have their issues. They have struggles. But there are very few people that slow down thinking, I wonder if I could refresh this person. I wonder if the student next to me is on the edge. I wonder if I can refresh them. They're on this team and they're not getting any playing time. I wonder if I could refresh them in some way. I wonder if I could just say hi and ask them how they're doing today. Because I never do that. I always walk by in a hurry. And especially if they think they are going to have a conversation. I don't want to. Like, like, you see how like we just have to be honest. We're just too consumed with ourself. And Jesus is freeing us in that more and more. Praise the Lord. And all you have to do, just don't get complicated about it. And you'll see it's really easy. 
Don't get complicated. Just do simple things as the Lord leads you. So refreshing others joyfully. What does that look like? Uh, Philemon 1.7 says this. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So Paul is is encouraging Philemon in this, and he's encouraging us that there should be a reputation that we have, not only that we're refreshing others in simple ways that we all can do, but it actually refreshes other people to see that person getting refreshed. Paul was pumped. (laughs) Talk about pumped. He was pumped that he heard about the refreshment that Philemon was giving to the brothers and sisters in Christ. He was doing enough of that impacted people. It came back to Paul. That brought him joy. That brought him comfort. And it just kind of multiplies in the body of Christ. It's this exponential thing. You literally cannot control it. I mean, you've got to make the effort. But you, you just get to watch and then experience how it keeps touching other people. When you refresh someone, do you think they're going to be likely to refresh others or not refresh others after you've refreshed them? What do you think they're more likely to do? I think they're more likely to go like, wow, so cool. Why, why do they do? Like just out of nowhere, like, wow, I just, he just talked to me for a half hour. I just spilled my guts. How did I, why did I just spill my guts to this guy or this, this gal? Right? And I, and I, but they felt loved. And you said you'd pray for him. And then you, you actually remember next time you see him what that thing was with the situation. And you ask him. They're going to refresh others, especially in the body of Christ when you know, like, oh, wow, it was so Jesus right there. That was so just like Jesus. Like, thank you so much for asking and remembering and praying or helping, whatever it was. Do we derive much joy and comfort when we see the love of God being spread like that, when the network just happens, where God just orchestrates someone refreshing someone who refreshes another, and then we're all refreshed, and and then it just keeps kind of overflowing to a community that's desperate to see the refreshment of Christ and experience it. Remember, a lot of people have a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean their heart is at peace with God. Don't ever assume, well, they have more stuff than me. They have equal stuff with me. Their house is as nice as mine, so their car is as nice. It's better, so they're fine. No, they're dying inside likely if they, well, I know if they don't know Christ, they are. But what are you going to do to find out? And people with a lot of money, do, do they need Jesus too? Oh, yeah. In fact, the great temptation is for them to trust their money and not God. Jesus told us that. You can't love God and worship God and money at the same time. Money serves a purpose, but we don't love it and worship it. But many people get caught up in this world, and their hearts are dead, and their hearts are hard, and they're hurt and broken, and they need the love and touch of Christ through you. Okay, we talked about keeping it really simple, right? So, you know how they say just being present, just showing up is is the first and greatest thing you could ever do? Just showing up. Employers like to say that. I just heard at the wedding yesterday, as someone was giving a tribute, you know, when family and friends just keep showing up. Yeah, we're all busy, but when you show up, you make a commitment to a certain group or to your family or to others, and you just show up, just that you're there. Then you just say, Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to somebody. Who's hurting here, Lord? Who in the family needs me to just pull them aside and say, so how you doing? Are you thinking of people right now? Maybe you're going to be with them through this next month or at Christmas time. Maybe you're just with them at Thanksgiving. Maybe you need to follow up from Thanksgiving. I have a couple people from the time of Thanksgiving that we had in that, that memorial. I'm going to follow up. And I thank God that he's putting them on my heart and 
I'm not nervous about it. I don't think, oh, well, what if they become dependent on me? I'm just going to show them the love of Christ because they need the touch of God right now in their life. Just being present. Isn't the most exciting thing when you think about God is that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he loves you, he's forgiven you, and that'll never change. He will never leave you or forsake you ever for all of eternity. You have his presence. You get to walk in the presence of God, and his presence is always with you. He doesn't lose track of you. He's not distant from you. Through the Holy Spirit, he lives in you. Your heart could not be further connected with God's because you're his child now. Don't you want other people to experience his presence too and his forgiveness and his grace? Just by your presence with them and the cups of cold water, I love that analogy, the love you could give them, the ear, the help, the, the interest that you're going to actually get past your awkwardness of like, I wouldn't know what to say next. I wouldn't know what. Just ask them about themselves. There'll be plenty of conversation. <laughs> ask them. So tell me about you. You know, I've lost track. I told that to a couple of people at the memorial. memorial. I haven't seen it for years. You know, I lost track. Fill me in. What's been going on in the last 10 years of your life? <laughs> you just take the step and get past, well, it could be awkward. It's like, the Holy Spirit takes over. All you got to do is get the first question going. Just sit down, look him in the eyes, say, it's great to see you. Give him a hug, whatever's appropriate, and just ask him a good question. So tell me, how's work been going? I lost track. I haven't talked to you for, I don't even remember. I was doing it at the wedding yesterday. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to remember how long it's been <laughs> since I've seen you. They're disarmed. You're disarmed. You ask them a question. Before you know it, before you know it, it's amazing, amazing things happen. And it was, it was crazy witnessing. I witnessed this. This yesterday, too, in about a five-minute conversation, someone's got tears welling up in their eyes. And, uh, well, I'll just tell you. It was my wife, and it was, it was, it was fun to witness just because she, she's blessed in the Holy Spirit just to be able to just really care for people. But you are, too, because you have the same Holy Spirit. You just have to want to. You just have to value that person enough. You ask some good questions and you listen and you look at them and you don't look over their shoulder the next thing. And when people come by and give you a pat on the shoulder, you're like, hey, yeah, how's it going? You just, they patted you on the shoulder, but they're not in that conversation. So that's great that they did that. You might, you're here, you're with this person. You're trying to get past the stuff, the hurts, the mass, the issues, and get to their, it's where you're trying to get to. Don't you want people to get there with you? Do you want like 19 conversations at Thanksgiving that go nowhere? Oh, it's sports. It's turkey. Yeah, we're full. How about you? I'm more full than you. (laughs) No, everybody there, whether they can say it or not, they want to be touched by someone else at a heart level. They want to show love. They want to receive love. They want to give love. They want to receive love. And they want that to get better the next time you're together. They want that to build. That's what everyone, because God created us that way. That's what everybody wants. They just want more love. And they want to receive it, and they want to give it, and they want to figure out that God's not mad at them and angry at them because they're a sinner. No, he actually loves you. He'll forgive you. That's really good news. And then this can get even better. <laughs> Let's just keep it simple, right? It's a risk. You don't have to take the risk, but you'll never really love. You know that quote from Tennyson, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. We always think of that in a romantic way. I want to say that a lot of Christians, man, they don't want to take the risk. Oh, they've been burnt before. Oh, I've I reached out before and been burnt, or someone doesn't love me back, or whatever. Well, that's not Jesus, and Jesus lives in you through the Spirit. He can continue to love through you, even if it's not returned or reciprocated by someone, right? Yeah? Because his love never fails. Just let his love come through you. It will always have an impact, whether it's reciprocated in the moment or ever. 
It's risky. We step out. We say, you are worthy to be refreshed because God created you in his image. You matter deeply to him. I don't care if you're the person giving me a hamburger. I'm going to look in your eye. I'm going to ask you how you're doing. I don't care that you're my neighbor and you're a little different and we're struggling over how big the tree can be because it comes over to my yard or whatever else. I don't care if it's this or that. I'm going to show you the love of Christ because you're worthy of being touched by God. You're worthy. You're valuable. You're, and you can say this before the Lord, they seem distant from you, God, and yet I can bring you close. Through me, you can touch them. Pretty crazy. Take a minute, right? I was at Lalo's. And you go to Lalo's? Yeah, okay. So I was meeting someone there, and uh, before they came, I had a couple minutes, and, and uh, one of the waitresses walked by. Her name's Lily, because we used to go there, like, all the time. I don't want to tell you how often. When our offices were above, over there, above uh, Lalo's. But, um, and it's a temptation. I think every one of us can relate. You're sitting in a booth. You're waiting for someone to come. You can look around, try to catch people's eyes, or say hi to a waitress or a waiter, and show kindness. Or you can do what? It's automatic. Get on your phone. Nailed it. Get on your phone. It's the easiest way to say, I'm busy, don't bother me, I've got stuff, I've got photos, I've got likes and dislikes to register. <laughs> I have things to do, do not mess with me, <laughs> right? Okay, good stuff because you can encourage people through that. But there are opportunities that we're missing because we're so much here and a human being walks by a number of times and they're not doing anything because uh, the rest of the lunch rush hasn't come in. I have an opportunity. Hey, Lily, how you doing? In two minutes, in two minutes, I got caught up with her. I haven't seen her for a little while. She's a nursing student. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're in a nursing. Yeah, my niece is doing that. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Two minutes. Okay, then the, the guy came that I was eating lunch with. But I like went to another level, just getting to know her heart. Man, you sound really busy. So you're doing school, you're doing work, you're doing this. And you're like, get in the picture, right? I don't have to be labor. You get in the picture. Every one of us can do that. We can say, I have some refreshment from the Lord that I'm just going to give you. I'm going to look for a way to give it out in the name of the Lord. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are the household of faith. So when the opportunity is there, you just have to seize it. And I think opportunities actually come in patterns. Again, we went to Lalo's a lot. There were patterns of crossings. My paths cross with Marcelo with Lily, <laughs> with the other people in Lalo's. They just did. Now, not as much these days, but I was able to recapture a little. Where are your paths crossing with some of the same people? You know the Starbucks barista by name, by now, right? Don't you? You probably should, because you go there every day <laughs> or a couple times a week. You have your Vons, you know the checkers, or you could get to know them. You have the neighbors, and you could go out at a different time instead of when everyone's not there and you kind of know that. Go out when people are outside just ready to refresh someone. Just looking for an opportunity to refresh in the name of the Lord. What are the patterns of the crossings? The times you're at Michael's or you're at work and you kind of know there's an opportunity. I can just get up right now. There's a lot of activity going on in the water fountain <laughs> or the coffee maker. It's just activity. There's the noise. I'm too busy. I'm to crank it. I could get up for a couple of minutes and try to refresh somebody. I could walk down the hall and say hi to someone. Who's looking especially bummed and sad for some reason? I want to go touch that person in the name of the Lord. There's 
really being fervent in spirit and serving the Lord by refreshing others. Look for the opportunities and you see him. Just thank the Lord when he slows you down and you just go, like, oh, God, help me. And thank you. Thank you that I didn't miss it. Be fueled, right, by the love of the Lord yourself. Because a lot of times we think, well, I'm empty. I need to be refreshed. Man, I'm feeling kind of dry lately. Well, get in the word. I'm talking to mainly Christians here, right? So I'm going to be really straight up with you. Get in the word. You want to be refreshed? David strengthened himself in the Lord. He has issues and battles and struggles, and they're going after his life. And he goes, i got to strengthen myself in the Lord. I'm like, well, why isn't someone come strengthen me? I need to be refreshed. You'll be refreshed because the Lord will do it. Open, your word, open his word each day. Stay committed to fellowship in your groups and with your Christian friends. And Sunday mornings, don't just treat it so casually. Stay refreshed and refueled and full. And that's how you do it. And you'll always have a cup of cold water. I guarantee you, you'll always have what you need to give the love of Christ to someone else. Your healing is going to come through helping. You know what's crazy? The secular world has figured that out. And somehow in the church, we haven't figured it out like we should. Half of your healing is going to come through helping. You're so wounded from that situation in the past and being abandoned. You know what you do? You say, Lord, you'll never abandon me. I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to go for you. I'm going to go to you, God, and tell you I'm still hurt over that. But, Lord, thank you. You will never abandon me. You're always with me. Get around some Christian friends. They're committed to me. And then go out in the name of the Lord and find someone else that you think might be abandoned. Say, I can relate. But you know what? God has always shown such, such kindness to me, and he's never leave, leave me or forsaken me. He never will. And I wanted you to know that because I know you deal with being abandoned or being rejected. You lost a relationship or a family member. You always felt like God was distant. You had a negative response to God and Christianity and church because of whatever. And you might be able to relate, but because of the healing that he's giving you, your healing gets completed as you go out in the name of the Lord and give what you've received. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The comfort you've received. Have you received comfort from the Lord? Has he touched you and comforted you and healed you in ways? Yeah. Is there still more to come and you need more? Yes. But where he's already done it, you take that fullness and you go minister in the Lord. Half of your healing comes from him that way in his word. And then the rest of the completion of your healing, as you go out in the name of the Lord and you help others and refresh others, you'll be refreshed. Crazy. We fight that. We don't think it's true. Until you do it, then you discover it's true. Acts 20, 35. We'll wrap it up with this. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Working hard is not just reserved for our parenting, our career. We should be working hard in relationships. We should be working hard. And this context very specifically was about Paul working with his hands so that he could make money, so that he could be kind to the weak. He wasn't even saying, you should share all good things with those who teach, which is true. You owe me. He could have said that, and they did. They owe them their very lives because he brought them to Christ. But he said, I worked with my own hands to supply not only my needs, but the needs of the poor. Work that hard in your careers, you guys, to go help the weak. Not just yourself. You have more than you need, I'm guessing. I have more than I need. We're the weak emotionally, physically, spiritually around us that need us to not work so much and get out and work toward them seeing the love of Christ. If we work hard and we have more means... Use it for the glory of God for the weak. 
the poor, the disadvantaged, the marginalized. Jesus hung out with what kind of people? What was his reputation? He hung out with what kind of people? Sinners, the weak. He had a reputation. The Pharisees didn't want any, oh, you hang out with drunkards and prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners. Well, we're sinners saved by grace. We should feel comfortable hanging out, showing the love of Christ, refreshing all kinds of people. It doesn't really matter. Work hard in your parenting. Work hard in your careers. Work hard in relationships, all so that you can minister to the weak. You should be working hard at your family so your family is strong in the Lord, so you can all go out and minister to the weak. You should be working at your marriage with everything you have, everything you have to make that marriage awesome in the name of the Lord so you can both together now go out and minister to the weak. So your wife is so filled with the love of Christ and your love, she has the energy to go out. So you should be refreshed by you as her spouse. And she goes out and gives out liberally in the name of the Lord. You pumped as a husband, just like, man, my wife is so gracious to me. She's so forgiving. She's so kind. She's so helpful. Now you're filled up. You go refresh others. Yes, work hard at your marriage. Yes, work hard at your family. Work hard in your job. Make money. Yes, all that. But always remember, it's to give, not just to receive. To receive in order to give. Blessed in order to be a blessing. Work hard. Keep the weak in mind. The weak emotionally. Those that are that faint little flame, that flicker that's about to go out and you come along next to them emotionally physically you help the poor you help someone who has need of some extra money for rent you pull along someone who's sick or in prison and you say I have something to give because of all that the Lord keeps pouring into me the key to real life the key to real living biblical living is giving that's the key Jesus said you want to be blessed you really do you want to have the blessing of God rest on you then give. I'll take care of your needs. Just give like your Savior gives. Give like he's always given to you. Give like he's always promised he'll continue to give to you, the father of every good gift. Give like that, liberally like you've received. And God's power will rest on you. You will have character that will show up in this world. You will be a light on a hill, and people will see a difference in you. And you can have a ministry of passionate serving the Lord. If I ask you right now, where are you serving the Lord? You want to be able to say, I know it, because it's in every one of our hearts if we know Jesus. You want to be able to say, I'm serving the Lord with everything I have in this way and in this way, and I look for opportunities, and at work, I'm, you know, and I have this ministry at church, or on Sunday morning, I help with traffic, and I'm, that's, I'm serving the Lord, and I want to do it more. We need each other. We need to encourage each other to that end, and we need to say, Lord, fill us so that we can make that kind of impact for your kingdom. Your kingdom and you first. And you said all these other things will be added to us. And just to remind you, this promise that we started with in 1 Corinthians, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. You'll experience the reward now as you see him use you and for all of eternity. Is that your desire today? Just tell the Lord that. And things will start to really change and get exciting in your walk with him and your impact in others', others lives, pointing them to Christ. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And uh, we're going to worship for a couple minutes. We're going to have a really awesome baptism. We're going to experience through his life, through Joel's life, what God has done for him and how we can be a part of seeing more people come to Christ and come into his family. So I'm also going to have an offering. So just as the Lord leads you, just a time to worship and pray. Talk to him. Let's pray together.
Father, we just want to say today we are so incredibly thankful to you. Not just because it's Thanksgiving, Lord. Every day is a day of Thanksgiving because you have blessed us so much. God, we're so grateful for our salvation that you don't hold our sin against us. You've washed us clean. You've given us a new heart. You've promised us that you have a future and a hope and it's all good. You will take care of all of our needs. We just need to keep you first. Thanks, Lord. We want to serve you more with passion and zeal than we have. I pray you'd grow that in my heart. Can you tell them that today? Grow that in me, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. I want to be slothful. I want to be passionate about refreshing others. And Lord, your promises, even as I do that in faith and step out, in little acts, but every day, to someone, to a few people, big ways or teeny little ways, just a little text, teeny but refreshing to someone's heart. God, please help me to do that so I can experience your refreshment because I've obeyed you, because I've stepped out in faith. So Lord, we give you our worship. This offering is for you, Lord, to continue your work here and through this church and through our lives and missionaries and partners, Lord. Use, it, use us, Lord, for your glory. I pray, Lord, we'd have an impact this December when people are busy and crazy and may look like they don't have a need. They do. Send us, Lord. Send us to represent your love.